This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome to Active Quest. This is episode 26, and we've got the gang all here with an additional person. So, uh, my name is Joseph Yaden. I'm your host. And today, of course, I am with Josh Nichols. Hello, Josh. Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? It's good to hear your lovely voice. Uh, it's been a minute, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you were so busy with E3. I, Dude, we, you know, I, yeah. I, I mean, tired is an, like, I wish I was tired. Like, that's how tired I am. Tired would be an improvement, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and Chris Penwell, of course. How's it going, Chris? Nice to be back. It's been a while. It is, and it's nice to hear your lovely voice as well. And today we have a... Oh, oh, fuck, I forgot. Oh, no, here we go. I got Barry. There it is. Okay, fuck, I got it all over my hand. Damn, I didn't get the message. I would have brought a Coke or something. Is it Coke or a beer? What's going on? No, no, it's a... It's a... It's a LaCroix. It's kind of oh, an okay. inside joke. That's it. That's just it. That's the joke. It's just that we drink LaCroix. <laughs> the Croix uh, are terrible. Yeah. Um, but they're and, also tasty. And if you're... Awful. If, <laughs> uh, if you're hearing the sound of a, of a new voice that you haven't heard before, that's because uh, that's a guest we have. That is uh, Chris Souza. So, um, Chris, you are the founder of Pixel River PR, and uh, we wanted to have you on the show today to talk about... Uh, E3 and just working in PR in the industry. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate that. Well, thanks for having me, man. I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I've kind of seen all of your works before. I used to write with Chris and, and Josh before at Bagel Games. So it's kind of nice to yeah. see how everything come full circle. And yeah. uh, I'm really excited. So thanks for having the show. I love your guys. Is, uh, are they otters? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. They're the best. They're great. <laughs> yeah, especially and... the ones on the website are adorable. I was really happy with them. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and Chris uh, Souza, I'm just gonna call you Souza for the rest of the episode, just because we already have a, a Chris, and I don't want to okay. confuse everybody. He's not a Chris anyway. I'm okay. <laughs> oh no, let's not get into that. Come no on. bollocks. He's here. We'll put it this way: he's the Britisher one. How about oh, that? For sure, he's got me on that. <laughs> That's he didn't just say bollocks, so yeah, he's got me on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just a quick little story before we get into some stuff here. Um, well, a couple things. So one, um, Souza, you and I have uh, exchanged emails and stuff for a while now um, because you you've done PR for games that we've covered on PlayStation Lifestyle. So we actually have known each other for or known of each other, I guess, for a while. And then um, we spoke at E3 at the Fig a few weeks ago, so that was really cool, and it was really awesome to just like have a chat with you and just you know be candid and it was just really interesting so yeah i really appreciate you coming up to me and having a chat oh thanks for talking man it's always nice to kind of put a face to like you know i see your twitter profile looking all handsome that's that's great like it's nice to actually (laughs) get to like talk to someone especially after you're sending them emails for years and years uh so that's why i love you three anyways because it kind of brings you know the whole industry together obviously but you get to really get to know people a lot better than you know just through 
single word emails. Right, exactly. And another thing too, before we get into some news. So you started out, and I know we'll get into this in more depth uh, later on. You started out at uh, Bago Games and Goomba Stomp, right? Those are the two sites did, you, yeah. you originally started for. And I know we talked about this before, but I just think it's so funny that uh, I applied to write for both of those sites when I was starting out and they both <laughs> denied me. And I think that's so, <laughs> they wouldn't let me write for them, I guess. I thought my writing was shit, I guess. I don't know what happened. And I just think it's funny that those are the two sites you've written for just kind of ironic so yeah they're missing out don't worry you're doing bigger <laughs> things now so you're you're all right <laughs> that's very nice of you to say um cool so let's talk about a couple things uh we're, we're going to be discussing on this episode um so yeah of course we're going to be uh diving into Souza's sort of career and uh working in pr which is something that i'm like not too familiar with like i know a little bit about it so i think it's something that maybe a lot of people will enjoy uh learning about um and then we're going to jump into sort of closing thoughts with e3 because we're still kind of feeling the the remnants of that uh we'll cover some news uh, since it's sort of a, a packed episode here we're not going to get too in-depth with the news we'll not to mention e- like E3 just happened. Yeah, so, yeah, like, exactly. Everyone's already news the fuck out. Like, yeah. there's so much that just happened. <laughs> That's why I think this is going to be a good episode because it's sort of um, a little bit different than what we've had for the past couple weeks. Um, and so we'll talk about uh, a possible Switch Mini that might be in the works, um, <laughs> some controversy with Final Fantasy VII and uh, Tifa, which I'm sure you know all about already. Um, and then just a, a quick note from the Platinum Boss in regards to Next Gen. And then we'll close the show with what we've been playing. Um, so one last thing before getting into the news, uh, is I just wanted to thank, uh, Chris and Josh for holding down the fort while I was gone, uh, at E3. Yeah, no problem, man. You guys fucking rocked it, man. Seriously, like, you guys, that was awesome. Uh, oh, I can't even imagine how much work it was for you doing what you were doing, because Chris and I retired just doing what we were doing, and we were at our houses, like, <laughs> you know, and that was, that was, you know, that was a lot of work. So, I, yeah. dude, I can't even imagine how you were doing what you were doing. <laughs> right. Uh, and also, uh, the bra from the place. PlayStation bras kept me up all night, so <laughs> I'm really so. jealous that you got to be roomies with him, and you guys should do a separate mini show where you guys just talk about that because he's a fucking force of nature, dude. He is seriously like one of the nicest people I've ever met, and I'm so so glad I got to hang out with him. He was incredible. Um, so cool. And then just a, a one last thing too um, is, of course, uh, you, you can find our show basically wherever you can find podcasts: iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, we've got our Patreon where you can support us at the dollar tier, which I know uh, we've been saying for a while we're working on stuff. We are. It's just E3 just happened, so give us a minute on that. And then, of course, we've got our shirts, which we'll link in the description for that at uh, Teespring. So um, other than that, uh, let's point it to Chris Souza here um, and talk about some PR stuff. You guys ready for that? Awesome. Cool. Yeah, ready to go. Let's do it. All right. So, Souza, um, as I mentioned before, you started out actually doing what I do and what uh, Chris does, and I guess what uh, Josh used to do as well, which is just, you know, writing about video games um, and doing so in more of like a journalistic way, I guess. Um, so talk a little bit about that and how, I guess, that transitioned to working in PR. Yeah, I mean, basically like when I had first graduated from college, uh, I really wanted to either go to grad school or work with games, which I know are very, very different paths. 
But, you know, I was either like, hey, I can go in debt and, like, do something I might not like, or I can, like, take a little break, write about some games, you know, just see how this is all works out. So basically, I just said, you know, fuck it, let's just, let's just try it. Uh, and I started uh, freelancing and, and doing news at Goomba Stomp as well. And uh, as you guys probably know, and anyone else who's been in the industry knows, it's, it's really hard to make a living kind of writing about games. Um, a lot of sites are either just trying to get you to write for exposure, or uh, when you do finally write for someone, like some of the pays are, some of the pay, we'll say, is, is very little. So it's really hard to kind of, you know, find a kind of financial backing on that. But I really, really am, am passionate about the industry. Um, like, not only was I, uh, you know, even like working at like GameStop or Best Buy, I had done those jobs before too, because like I loved games. And I was like, how can I make this kind of a lucrative career rather than, you know, me making, like I wrote for one website that, you know, in an entire year I made like 70 bucks. <laughs> and Dude, I, I hear you, dude. It's uh, it's yeah. almost more insulting to make seventy bucks than zero. Yes, right? like, exactly. Yeah. Like I remember God. when I my first like big article I got paid for, I was so excited. I spent twelve hours doing an interview, transcribing, and then to see like the fifty cent pay, I was like, oh my god, what have I done? Right. Um. So like it'd be like like yeah. like Joseph said, it'd be less insulting if they just didn't. Yeah. Because I had my hopes up, like when especially they're like, yeah, it's a paying gig. I was like, oh, here we go. I made it, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, and you then, didn't know it was going to be 50 cents? No, yeah, they did not send me, they never sent me, like, <laughs> a kind of outline of what I was getting paid. Um, but, you know, uh, be fair, I you know, I did get my exposure, I guess, there, and it all worked out. Uh, really, it's more, I wanted to find a way to uh, get financially sound while also kind of uh, staying in this industry that I'm so passionate about. So I started reaching out to places. Whenever I go to any show, you know, I'd ask all the PR people, like, how they do, how they got into the industry like, do they have a degree like what do you need and um it seems like everyone's very different you know everyone has like a very different backing and it seems like there's no like cut path some of us just right. kind of get lucky to be honest with you mm-hmm. um and the best way to do that is just, just just to talk to everybody and anyone you can and just make connections uh, yeah so I, talk- I think uh oh, i think luck is a is a definitely like it's a good point to that um but also i think if you just like keep doing it not that you can make your own luck, but like statistically something will have to work out eventually if you keep doing it. Right. Like, I don't know if that's true, but that's sort of what I've discovered. My favorite example, I know this is slightly off topic, but my favorite example of like, there not being a cut path for like what you're doing is fucking Miyamoto showed up to his interview at Nintendo with like puppets. (laughs) Oh my God. And the guy was just, I forgot who interviewed him. I, I, I mean, he's, he's like, he used to be the guy, you know, in charge of Nintendo. I just forgot his name. But like he, he, Miyamoto shows up with puppets and he's just showing them stuff and talking to them and they're just like, like, like they were obviously smart. They're like, well, this guy's creative and put him in charge of, you know, making games. But like, I can't imagine where we'd be if they didn't take a chance on him, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. That's but, a good point. Like, I'm so, sure maybe he would have ended up, you know, with, with a uh, Sega or something. Like, I feel like he would have just, yeah, somebody probably would have hired someone else. Yeah. Uh, that would have been a so, really weird alternate dimension where Miyamoto's I, the head just, of Sega. <laughs> man, I'm thinking of like Sonic in place of Mario, and I don't want to live oh. in that reality. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> With or without no. teeth? I don't care, man. I fucking hate Sonic. All right, anyway. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. All right. Um, but yeah, so it's it really, I was just trying to find a way to, you know, because I kind of gave myself a year or so to say, hey, like, if I can't make this viable soon, then I'm going to have to go back to grad school, you know? So I was at PAX East, and I asked this one woman, like, oh, like, how'd you get into PR? And she kind of uh, referred me to her boss, who at the time said, you know, I can't uh, I can't help you right now. We're not really looking for anyone on the East Coast. 
I said, okay, that's fine. I understand. And uh, I just kind of keep, I, I kept kind of following up with them. You know, I'm going to PAX East. Uh, are you going to be there? I'm going to PAX West. No, you're not going to be there. Okay, that's fine. And eventually uh, I met him at E3 and we kind of grabbed a beer. I met his team and we hit it off really well. So I just kind of got lucky, I guess. And uh, was charisma will get you further in this industry than skills in some way. Uh, obviously yeah. you need to have oh, yeah. you need to have that kind of backing of you know you know you know your shit you know what you're doing but if you can't sell yourself then you are screwed so and and which company was this that you or can you say or yeah, yeah absolutely i can say that um so this was with stride pr uh so they right. are the they're one of the biggest pr agencies uh in the world actually and they do pr for games like uh hand of fate um oh cool Brawlhalla. i like that game well they used to do Brawlhalla, now ubisoft bought them obviously Right. Um, as well as they do Penny Arcade as well. So I get the uh, the pleasure of working with like PAX. Wow. Um, That's awesome, man. Yeah, it was really cool. And it was a great and, company. And uh, which E3 was this? How, how long ago? So this would have been E3 2017 is when I met them. It was actually right wow. at the, the JEW Marriott uh, where yep. everyone kind of goes after after the fig closes. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was right there a few weeks ago. Um, man, that's funny. That was my first E3 was 2017 so it's so funny we were there and we didn't even know i know we probably walked by each other (laughs) yeah huh cool so you uh so you started at stride and then what tell me about what you did at stride so at stride i was an account coordinate so basically uh i would kind of just do a lot of the the groundwork so all the press releases all the drafts all the uh, outreach itself i was kind of the head of that so like for brawlhalla's pr campaign i was literally like the head of the pr um, so I was doing all the outreach. I got them like reviewed on Kotaku. Um, I'm hmm. sure, I think you guys covered this as well. Uh, PlayStation Lifestyle. PlayStation Lifestyle. Games. Yeah, I can't, I actually did the review on oh, that. Oh, awesome! <laughs> Thank <laughs> oh, you. I appreciate yeah. it. Interesting. Huh. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's a lot of. Uh, I did kind of all like the groundwork and all the kind of drafting of, of press releases and pitches, and it's it's a lot of work that really goes into it. I can't say everything obviously because it's not really my company to talk about. Right, um, of course. The we'll just say like I was kind of the head of like the outreach there, and kind of taking care of all the the groundwork of of actually getting, you know, announcements out there and getting games reviewed, and on obviously places like YouTube and Twitch. Interesting. So, um, uh, so you did that for a while, and how long were you at Stride? So I was there for uh, actually an entire year. My my last week was at the E three the year after. Oh, cool. And. Um, the- did you know that was going to be your last week? Like, did you yeah. at all? Yeah, that was, okay. that was my choice, yeah. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I just want to... <laughs> cool, interesting. <laughs> like, so yeah, then, I got fired. <laughs> and... No, no, yeah, yeah. Um, interesting. So, and then, of course, your next move, right, was that that was when you uh, founded your own company, correct? Yeah, so, I mean, after, after leaving your job in the games industry, you go through, like, a really uh, sense of panic because, obviously, it's so hard to get into the industry itself. So, like leaving yeah. i was like i was really worried like you know what if this doesn't what if i'm making the wrong move like, yeah you're like i'm in back in yeah i'm in what am i do what are you doing like oh man i bet that was, <laughs> it terrifying. was terrifying yeah yeah but the way i thought about it is that um i was planning on proposing to my uh, at the time girlfriend who is now my fiance so everything worked out nice <laughs> and hey. then um you know i'm looking forward to like starting a family and getting a house so like i i love my position there and i love the company i still see the actually even at every single pax in e3 we still meet up and get drinks we hang out it's it's like a little family mm-hmm. but uh i figured like hey if i'm gonna take a risk now's the time i can't really 
quit my job and start a company once I have kids. It's not going to be that easy, you know? Yeah, yeah, true. It'd be even scarier. Yeah, it'd be very scary. <laughs> so, I mean, what, what sparked that idea, though, of I could probably uh, be doing better if I had my own company? Like, was there something, like, do you remember, like, just like, like, a, like something that clicked in your head of, like, oh, that's what I need to do? I guess it was more like the idea of, like, everyone wants to be your own boss, you know? You want to be able to wake up when you want to wake up. You want to do work when you want. You want to take time off when you want and not have to really worry about the stress. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when I first quit, I wasn't, like, I was like, I'm going to make a, the best company right now. I'm going to make Evolve 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> but it was more like a, I left and was kind of like, I'm going to take things slow. I'll look at some potential opportunities. I actually applied to some places and they gave me, you know, I actually got interviews and I did really well, but the pay wasn't what I wanted. Like I'm just not going to leave my comfy job to go into like another comfy job, you know? So eventually uh, over the summer, I just kind of started to make my own uh, contact list and kind of doing all the work that really, uh, (laughs) I guess, takes to make a company, which is really hard. And I guess it's not really surprising, but I guess it's harder than I thought it was going to be. It always is. Yeah. Uh, so it was really stressful, but eventually I kind of got all the pieces together and said like, hey, I you know talked to my fiance. I said, this is my only chance to really do this. So I think we should do it. And she's not only just like she into games, but she's also very supportive of me, thankfully. So she's mm. been like my number one like backbone of like, yeah, like, hell yeah, go do that shit. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, so, it was really hard, though. Yeah. I, and so and how so this is 20. 20- 18 so you've done this for a little over a year now right yeah yeah so actually almost like to the day uh i kind of started this process and and what like so man goodness i i just imagine i I owned my own company at at one point and it was a nightmare man even like (laughs) on a good day it was just like oh good today the house is only on fire and (laughs) everything is burning down and okay that's good i'm happy with that like that's a good day right yeah um, and I mean like the taxes, it's a whole thing that you have to, Oh, it's so annoying. Right. So, annoying. so have you gotten better at that? Like, has it all sort of fa- fallen into place and you're getting, like, getting used to it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've gotten better. Uh, <laughs> I, I do think I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing well. I know that. And I'm very happy with how I've done. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's nice that after this first year, like I know, yeah, I'm going to keep doing this. Like this is working out. Um, but of course, right. like you're as like a first time business owner, like, there's always ups and downs and kind of figuring out how to do things. So, you right. know, my first, my first campaigns, I was charging like, like nothing. It was like a thousand dollars for like a month of work. It was barely wow. any money at all. But I was just mm. like, I need to Which get. Which is pretty much like the 50 cents. Yeah, pretty much. You know, all the work you did before. It's just under scale. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my boss sucks. <laughs> um, so I basically uh, was just trying to get any clients I could and just kind of get my, you know, my foot mm. out there and just kind of get a feel for things. So uh, it's not like I was like looking for crappy games or anything of course like i worked with developers i was really uh level-minded with and they were like really passionate about the projects and i even had to like deny some because like hey sorry like i don't think it's really a good fit for a company um like i don't don't think i'm like a good fit for your game like you should find someone who would be better and that's a i think that's a good distinction to make because when you're first starting out like any business you're probably at like on one hand thinking oh man that's a company let's just do it who cares but i think it's it takes a lot of foresight to to maybe think okay maybe yeah that's not compatible with us and and in the long run it might not be a good uh, like as good of an idea so is it tough to do that sometimes yes yeah, so i'll have to are you saying like do i ever like deny someone of work of like a partnership yeah yeah like is it tough to do that sometimes when you when you see that a project coming up 
and it looks cool and like they need help or whatever and you say we can't so yeah and it sucks because obviously like they're really passionate about the projects but if i am not going to be able to provide them good results like i don't want to waste their time and money and then also like it's not like you're it's like a bad partnership for three months and then it's like whatever it's you're launching their game you know so if that fails right. yeah. yeah and then you know that can come back and bite you later when they say like hey like you're you know pixel over pr did nothing for us like we got no coverage and then i'd feel bad and it would hurt my future business really well and mm-hmm. their their business as well like they may not be able to to do another game after that exactly you know? like yeah. so it's like a, it's a whole thing so uh talk about if you can uh, again i know anything if you can't talk about it just please say so um it, it, talk about maybe some games that you've covered and uh maybe some standouts uh that you've covered working um with with your company um as opposed to the one you were like working for before yeah absolutely uh well with stride i it was much bigger indie titles that you probably would know like brawlhalla uh center sacrifice right. for redemption and fox and mm-hmm. forest were like just three of like the i think around like 24 i did with them right uh but with with uh pixel river we've actually done uh much much smaller titles that are kind of like their first uh, like since it's my first time creating a business and kind of doing this my own i look for people who are actually creating their first game and like kind of new to the the oh, that's itself. exciting though yeah yeah so, oh wow so then i got to be like really frank with them like because like they're they're brand new and i'm like hey like this is my first time like i know it's kind of weird to go with a new guy but like look this is my resume like this is what i've done like i know my shit just uh if you'll give me a chance i, I promise i'll give you some good results that's insane it's like both of you are kind of trusting one another yeah. you know it's it's really scary <laughs> you know <laughs> and yeah. thankfully i i was very lucky uh all of my clients i've had so far have been wonderful to work with uh, I know you're familiar with one of the titles, Joseph uh, Scorsery. Yep. Yeah. That's we'll talk about that one a little bit. It's kind of like a like a that's not a sports game really, but it kind of has some sports. It's sort of like a sports like like a yeah. Leaf League was one of like their biggest inspirations. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like uh, it's like Pong meets Smash Bros. Is the way they they kind of yeah like think of it. <laughs> yeah cool art style too. I I, I think our uh, our copy editor reviewed that one for the site. Yeah, that's a really cool game. Um, what are some other ones? I also uh, did Miasmic Caves, which is like a, uh, the way we marketed it was like a, a pacifist roguelike, which I know is like sounds really weird because it's, it's like, where's that going, I guess? But basically <laughs> it's exploring caves, looking for uh, a bunch of like treasures and there's a lot of lore hidden and kind of you're able to actually upgrade your town. So it's a really cool kind of take on the very, very popular uh, genre of roguelikes. Mm-hmm. But there's absolutely no combat. So there are like creatures wow. that are kind of in the, the the caves themselves, and they kind of can be a bit of a pester, but uh, nothing that you can actually like attack or hurt or anything. It's more like about exploring and kind of expanding on your inventory. Interesting. Um, and so one thing I was thinking about too is like, okay, so you own your own company, you can pick which games you want to cover. That's like a huge luxury. So when working for Stride, though, is it set up in such a way where like you just get like assigned a game? to cover and like what if it's something that you don't like like is that a scenario that happens so um without are saying you not, anything, are no, you no, not no, able to talk about no, that okay. <laughs> I, I i can say it in a general broad sense that pr agencies generally uh, especially ones that are smaller can uh, you can like work together to say hey like i really like this game that we just got it's like a potential new client uh and like this manager is say is more into shooters and this manager is more into platformers like they kind of they know each other well enough and they know like hey this is better for, for you but of course uh, there are times that uh, you are given a game that maybe it's not really your style or maybe you're just not happy with it um, but that's just kind of 
that's just business, you know? So I, I get it. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of a sounds kind of like uh, assigning reviews. Exactly. Like, okay, usually this is good for you. Usually this is good for you. But look, he's busy, so I need you to review this. Yeah. yeah that's a- I've had to review a NASCAR game, and I'm English. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm American, and I would not want to do How that. How do you think that went? <laughs> <laughs> Man. Oh, but actually, to give you an example, though, um, so I've, I've been playing Smash Bros. competitively for about five or six years now. And uh, I was a big fan of Brawlhalla, so when I first got brought onto the team, that was one of the reasons why they actually wanted me as well, is because I have the, kind of this esports background, specifically for platform fighters. So they kind of, once I became part of the team, they shifted it around and made me the lead on that account. Um, mm. So, like, you know, you play to your team's strengths and, and weaknesses, of course, and kind right. of, but, like, sometimes, you know, for me, I, I play a wide variety of genres. But it's really just like sports games, racing games, and like RTSs that I just, for some reason, just can't get my head around. Like, I just, like, not a huge fan. <laughs> right. And I actually, I think those three genres are common ones that a lot of people just have blind spots for. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just because a lot of them are so complicated. These fighting games take a lot of skill. Sports games, you have to be in the You're either interested sports. in it or yeah. you're not. Yeah. Yeah. And like RTSs are complicated too. So I think, yeah, I don't think that's unusual. Um, so yeah, that's that makes sense. I mean, I think like Josh said, said, it works the same way as covering games does. In that, um, you know, the the I think it sounds like if there's somebody who maybe is more into a certain genre, that you know they might have precedent over that or whatever. But if something needs covered, then it needs covered, and someone's got to do it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Are some genres um, harder to cover than others? Absolutely. Like, uh, maybe oh, a platform would be harder because there's there's so many out there. I I do. I mean, obviously, the market itself is definitely oversaturated in many ways. But and especially, I feel that indies for some reason tend to uh, gravitate towards platformers at first. And I mean, I guess it's because you know that's where we all kind of started with Mario or mm-hmm. uh, Donkey Kong, and it's it is hard to find sales in that market just because you know it's it's just so overpopulated. And it's like, well, why are you why are we going to buy this brand new indie game that's a platformer when, you know, something like Celeste just came out. Oh, God, yeah. Which is, like, you know, like, one of the best games of all time, like, it's highly regarded as, you know, one of the best indies. Yeah, um, interesting. So it is it is hard on, like, a sales perspective, but for, uh, like, a marketing perspective and, like, actually getting coverage for these guys, it's actually not that bad for platformers because, you know, everybody likes them. Oh. So, like, everyone's willing to cover them as long as, like, the graphics are well done. Or like the art style is is intuitive. Yeah, people are usually willing to cover it. Um, I imagine that a sports game would be harder harder to cover. Kind of like those blind spots, like you were saying before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, th- there was this uh, a, a few weeks ago. There were these. Uh, it's like a billiard game, uh, snooker, snooker that came out, hmm. and, and and it was. <laughs> snook- I don't know if I like that name. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a bad word in British because Chris uh, is laughing. Snooker, snooker, whatever. Snooker. Anyway. <laughs> And and there were two of them that came out with like within like a one week period of one another, and I'm just like, dude, what the fuck is going on here, man? What is? I've never even heard of this. I feel kind of weird hearing that word. It sounds like a bad word. Like just anyway, yeah, that's a good point. Um, Why did I cover that? Why did I cover Snooker Nineteen? <laughs> Um, interesting. And, um, so we have to wrap things here a little bit on the, uh, on the PR side of things, but I just have like a final, uh, I have a final thought and then I'll throw it to Chris and, uh, Josh. Um, where do you see, 
your company, uh, Pixel River PR, uh, within the next year, what's like, what's sort of like the the future looking for that company? Do you have any goals or aspirations for the company? Yeah, absolutely. So basically, the way I thought about my first year is that it's going to be rough. You know, thankfully I saved up money um, beforehand, to like as a financial backbone. But I wanted to say this first year, I'm just going to test things out, try things differently, and just figure out how I want to kind of make the future of Pixel River PR. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my next year now, now as we are like going into year two, I want to expand hopefully, uh, but like very, very little. I'd like to get maybe like a one other like full-time employee and mm. have enough clients. Hey, I'm, I'm ready. I'm available. <laughs> yeah, right, there we go. See you guys. <laughs> uh, so I'd love to uh, do that. But of course it's like, then now I have to start looking into like healthcare benefits and I need to look into... Right. Uh, you know, getting not only my salary, but also someone else's salary, which means I need to like double the clientele or raise prices. So it's th- my biggest thing for this next year is is raising uh, not only like my clientele, but also kind of raising the company and exploring kind of new ideas in that. Hmm. Good. I think those are. I just awesome I just want to say goals. good on you for considering those things, because I see small businesses a lot of the times go, well, I can't afford to pay you. I can't afford to yeah. give you health care. Right. And just the fact that you're like, I need to make sure I do that is just something I want to, Yeah, you know, I just refuse to, you. like, especially as, you know, we also, we've kind of dealt with those places that don't really compensate you very well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't ever want to do that. Even if it was like for, uh, for like con- contract work, I would be happy to say, hey, like I can give you, uh, I, I can be very frank about it. Say, hey, I only have like $10 per hour that I can pay you for this. So like, if you want to you know, put in eight hours for this, I'll give you 80 bucks and uh just call it even for now like that's that's the way i can do it now but but you'd be being up front so yeah there's nothing wrong with saying i've got a little bit of work i can't afford to bring out full time you know there's nothing wrong with a small business doing that so that's yeah yeah that's something i have done already actually i do have like some contractors and uh, i've actually i got chris penwell as well for uh for mock reviews i'm waiting for uh, unfortunately i haven't had any mock reviews for with pixel river yet but it's like my favorite part of the job because you literally get to just play video games and review them but like actually get paid decently for it (laughs) What a concept! Um, yeah, I've been telling Penwell that I want to get him on it because I, I know that he's. I really like his work from Vega. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Cool. <laughs> cool. So uh, that's uh, that wraps up all my questions. Uh, Josh, did you have anything you wanted to add or any final thoughts for? Oh, I'm uh, just. I'm looking forward Susa? to like watching you keep doing that because like it's it's. I think PR stuff's really interesting and like it's it's interesting seeing you do it because you've done it like you did it before. So like this, it's you didn't just start; you just started doing it on your own. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see you uh, do it with the information and knowledge you already have. Yeah. You know, so that's that's it's interesting. Thank yeah. you're like starting off on the right foot already. Yeah. You already yeah. have all that knowledge. <laughs> Not trying to be some hack. I just be like, yeah, I got, I could do PR better than them. All I know what uh-huh. I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, we'll definitely have to have you on a, again too, like just to, you know, an update in a year. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm like crying. Um, I'm like, oh, it didn't work out, guys. It didn't work out. (laughs) I'm actually under a bridge right now, and I'm homeless. Oh Uh, my god. um, I don't even know how I have a microphone. And uh, and Chris Pennell, any uh, closing thoughts for Souza? Yeah, like it's it's uh, great to have you on uh, to talk about your side of the industry. I don't think a lot of people uh, hear about that kind of stuff. So uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you. And like that's that's why my biggest like kind of uh, thing when I'm talking to clients is like transparency. That's like my my. I guess motto. Uh, so like yeah. whenever you guys want to talk about this, like I'm always down to kind of talk like inside baseball PR stuff, you know? Uh, it's, mm-hmm. I think it's not only cause I, a lot of people want to kind of keep these secrets for some reason, but I think it's really helpful and, and healthy for the industry to kind of be a little bit more of an open book rather than 
you know, keeping your secrets close to your chest. Right, and that's a podcast for another time. The, yeah. <laughs> the secrecy of the of the gaming industry—it's kind of bizarre how secretive it is. I do want to say really quick too. I think it's really cool how upfront you were with uh, turning places down when you were starting off, because like Chris was saying or implying, it'd be tempting to be like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. And like, I need the clients, I need the money. You know, whatever. Yeah, make a few thousand dollars. It's, it's cool that you were like, look, I would like to help you, but like, here's why it's not a good fit for you or me. Yeah, you know? right. Which is definitely cool. important. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Awesome. Um, so uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll jump into our closing thoughts for E3 and then talk about some news and then finish the show with what we've been playing. All right, everybody, and we are back. Um, so yeah, with it being a couple weeks out from uh E3 2019, we just wanted to give sort of our uh, closing thoughts on the show because I wasn't here, so this is like uh, my first week back uh, since uh, E3, and I know Josh and Chris were both covering the show, and so we actually haven't even had a chance to talk about it. Um, And then, of course, Sousa, any thoughts you have as well? I'm curious to hear. Um, So I guess let's just sort of uh, go round-robin style, and we'll just have like a quick little conversation. Um, uh, Chris Penwell... Uh, closing thoughts for E3. What were your general takeaways? Best game of the show? Notable moments? That kind yeah. of thing. Uh, yeah, so E3 2019 was kind of like a, a somber, kind of like <laughs> somber year, like as we're transitioning to the next uh, generation of consoles. Um, I'm pretty happy with some of the games that were revealed, though. Like, The Avengers looks really sweet. Um, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like, I, I love the new combat system and the graphics look amazing mm-hmm. and R- R- Watch Dogs Legion with its whole like you can control any NPC in the game how wild it's is just, that like, man it's just mind blowing <laughs> that is absolutely mind blowing so there like have been great games that right. were shown yeah exactly yeah yeah I hope they do it right as well there's not a lot of like repetition of the same kind of aspects of characters within the AI uh, within the uh, NPCs or whatever uh, but yeah, like, it might have been a disappointing E3 for most. Um, I, I especially didn't like the CGI cuts, like, CGI cutscenes for trailers, like Elden Ring and all sorts of, like, um, a, a bunch I, of interesting kind like... of games from Bethesda. But honestly, for me, like, when I reveal, when I, when if I want to reveal a game, I'd want to show the gameplay of what people would expect from it. Yeah. And, like, for me, when, when I see a CG trailer, it, it's just, like, I don't care. I don't, that didn't make any impact on me. Um, but what, what's your thought on that, um, Sousa? Like, 
Um, what, what what did you think of the CG trailers, and do you think they're I useful think a way to do it? For um, something like Elden Ring, I feel like there's no need because like we know what we're gonna get with that. We you know, that's a good point. Yeah, like, we know it's gonna be like Dark Souls, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's like yes, you're showing us some some cool lore backstory and like this weird dude with a, a sword, but like show us something new. Like we the thing that people like about Dark Souls is is the lore. Yeah, I get that, but not for uh, a trailer on the Xbox stage, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But conversely, I think that Ghostwire had the coolest trailer of the entire conference, of the entire event, we'll say. And that was done really well because it's something, you know, it's he's literally like a horror game legend. You know, he created the first Resident Evil. So to have him come out and be like, hey, this is a brand new horror title um, and just show something that's really interesting and bizarre and like, frankly, like really fucking creepy, honestly. I was <laughs> yeah. I was like freaking out in the crowd. Spooky, Spooky. <laughs> so adorable. Yeah, I love yeah. when she said that. Everyone lost it because so it was cute. just she was just yeah. so into it. Spooky, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I think that's a that's the way to do it. We're like, hey, this is a brand new IP. Uh, there's some story going on in there. Like you're actually getting a feel of what the gameplay could possibly be, or like what the enemies could okay. be. But something like Elden Ring is just kind of like a waste of time. Like we we yeah. know what it's going to be like just show us like some gameplay or. Uh, clearly they're not ready for that so I think it was just kind of revealed too early well perhaps like it's because of the leaks like that it was disappointing like if we saw uh, like George R. R. Martin like for the first True, yeah. time during that E3 that would have been a big moment yeah um, but yeah kind of like spoiled. Keanu just showing up and no one knew that about that was it. amazing yeah exactly was wild <laughs> um, and Sousa since you were already just talking any uh, closing thoughts for E3 I mean yeah it was there's not much you can say about this year, I feel, because obviously we're in a bit of a gap year. Like, next year, I think, is going to be wild. I think Sony will be back. I think they're going to bring out all their big guns, show off the PS5, all the, you know, all all that is going to probably bring E3 back into uh, the fans' arms, you know? Because right now, it's, right. E3's in, like, a weird spot where people are keep saying, oh, E3's dead, E3's dead. And on a event perspective, it was pretty, pretty light, <laughs> like, the West Hall was, like, pretty empty. That, yeah, and there were at least 3,000 fewer people there, if not more. Yeah, I could and... actually walk, which was honestly fucking Oh, my amazing. God, yeah. I loved it. Right? <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Uh, but it also made me sad. And, like, next year, you know, we're going into the next gen. We're going to have a lot of new exciting announcements. But, and I truly do believe, I would I would bet money that Sony will be back next year. Yeah. I think um, they made the right move. On yeah, it'd be stupid skipping. not to be. I agree. Right, yeah. When they first announced that, everybody was kind of, like, in awe. But after having seen the show and everything sort of has died down and the dust has settled. I think we're all like, no, I think Sony actually made the right call on that. And we were just like quick to judge them. So yeah, I'm with you. Um, and Josh, uh, give me your final thoughts on E3 and then, um, and then I'll give you my take and then we'll move on to some news. So you guys already know I'm like, I'm like our resident Xbox guy. I thought Xbox's show was really good. I saw a lot of people kind of had a lot of criticism for it, but one of the criticisms I saw was they didn't talk enough about Scarlet, and my thing on that is it's it's not time to talk about that. I think they gave the appropriate amount of time for that, which was, hey, uh, you know, this is happening. Here's some quick details on it. But they mostly talked about games, and they mostly talked about what they're working on, what they've got planned. And so I, I thought Xbox's show was... I, I really liked it. Uh, my favorite was obviously Nintendo's, because it was fucking insanely good. Um... The only show I didn't like was Ubisoft's, and like everyone, whenever, whenever I say that, everyone's like, "But Watch Dogs, yeah, no, that was great." But the show, their 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 conference was not good. Yeah, I mean, like, I think they 
the pacing and just yeah, they, oh, everything was just they opened so... up with watchdogs which was awesome and everybody was like oh man is this what this show is going to be like and then that was kind of like the best thing they had yeah, i mean really fizzled it. out very quickly. yeah i don't know yeah, i mean it almost really would quick. have been better to close with watchdogs because then at least it yeah kind of like giving you like a perception that it was better than it actually was i don't know so my takeaway kind of my big takeaway was you had sony skipping out which i understand why they did but xbox showed how you could avoid skipping out and still put on a good show and i think ubisoft showed how at the same time if you don't have that much to show don't show up yep. to e3 you know, I think I think Sony was in the middle where they showed how it could go either way, and I think Xbox put on a good show. I think Ubisoft didn't, and I'm talking a show. You know what I mean? Like that's why I'm not ringing up Nintendo because they weren't they didn't have a physical. I mean, they had a physical presence, but not you know right. they didn't do a yeah. conference and it, yeah. So um, uh, and then uh, I just wanted to uh, have the last thing I say be Bethesda's show because I think that it'd be interesting to talk about because Chris didn't like it. And I loved it. I yeah. want to know what you think. I thought Bethesda's show was really great. Chris didn't like it. So no, I, obviously I want you to talk about whatever you want to talk yeah. about, yeah. but I definitely want you to t- touch on that too. Cause I, we didn't, Chris and I haven't got to talk to you about right. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, I thought it was fine. I think Bethesda, uh, also sort of shot themselves in the foot that one year when they came out and it was just banger after banger and that fallout uh four was coming out that that uh, fall and it was and like yeah. ever since then i feel like their shows have just kind of declined you know um i thought it was good on them to sort of acknowledge that fallout 76 w- wasn't i love how they handled great, that you know? yeah. and a couple of their games they showed there i, I think were interesting but man i think they're a company that maybe could skip a, a year or two or or have you know something com- comparable yeah they were kind of in the middle of xbox and ubisoft where, like there was high points and right. low points and maybe they could have trimmed the yeah. fat but oh my god that uh uh uh, uh shit what's it called ghost oh, go i just forgot uh, the name death of it loop. Ghost death, death loop or yeah right, death so loop or, well that, both of them look really interesting so yeah yeah but yeah i thought, but I thought they were both cg <laughs> yeah. oh oh that's something else i wanted to say really quick joseph i'm sorry i, I hate to like take it i just forgot to say this um, I am with everyone, like all three, all four of us don't like CG stuff, but I also get it because they show off gameplay. Everybody's an asshole. They criticize stuff and that could be really early footage. They might not be done or like Phil Spencer mentioned when he was talking on uh, giant bomb with uh, Jeff Gritzman, which by the way, if you guys haven't watched that fantastic interview, he sits down with Jeff Gritzman every year after E3, but he talked about how they don't like to show off too much stuff too early. Cause then they might get boxed in and then people might want something and the developer might later be like, well, no, we don't want to do that. Or we don't want to do it. Like, so like, I mean, I, I don't get this. I don't like the CGI thing either, but I also think it's our yeah. fault. Yeah. I think that's fair. You know? So, I mean, it's like, it's almost like, I, f- I feel like the internal discussions on that have been, they don't deserve to see gameplay because they're all fucking <laughs> like <laughs> assholes about it. You know, like I, I would not want to show off my game either because you either win or you you either you either um, the game is either looks great but everyone's like yeah it's fine or everyone's just just jumps on you. What you know? happened so, like, to I, the puddles kind of... from Spider Man? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. And, and, and Phil actually <laughs> that was actually what Phil uh, brought up when he was talking with Jeff Gertzman. He was talking. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but he pretty much said Insomniac faced unfair criticism over the puddles. Like that didn't matter. They cha- they didn't change that because of technical reasons they just changed it because they felt like changing it but of course every i mean that turned into a meme for yeah. fuck's sake you know definitely just just awful so like the watchdog stuff you know like initial watchdog stuff and then um the puddles and stuff like that like yeah i want gameplay trailers but at the same time it's we same don't deserve point, i think Deathloop was That's... done really well even though it was cg because it's showing a I mean, we, yeah. we still haven't seen the gameplay yeah. but yeah. it's showing yeah. an interesting gameplay loop that we haven't really seen before 
Yes, uh, I, but, shared the concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so that that's cool. I think that's done well. But uh, I, I see what you mean, Penwell, about like all these other, you know, just flashy, just to be flashy, and doesn't tell you anything. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you guys. I'm also just like, eh, we, we ruined it. <laughs> we, <suck. laughs> we, we don't deserve yeah, it anymore. Yeah, so closing thoughts for me. Uh, Keanu Reeves is fucking amazing. Uh, that was so cool, him coming out on stage. Like, what a surprise. Everything always gets leaked early, and that was actually something. I don't know how they um, kept that under wraps. I can't like, believe man. none of us have mentioned fucking Breath of the Wild 2. Are you serious? Like, yeah, holy that was... shit. I yeah, cannot I feel like believe. we didn't have enough of like those like one more thing announcements. You know, like Nintendo oh, was the only one man. really kind of brought the fire. They always have a good one more thing, like when they announce yeah. Smash Brothers. I thought Banjo so that... was gonna be the one more thing, but then the Breath of the Wild too. You fucking kidding me? Like, yeah, wow. What a hell? Yeah, um, it's crazy. Also, the way they teased Banjo and made it seem like it was the Duck Hunt boy oh, yeah. was great. Um, and then uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven looks incredible. Uh, I get why that's behind closed doors though, because it, it, you know, there were a little bit of technical issues with that, but yeah, I mean, oh, I, just a little bit. I mean, it's not finished, so you can't really say a whole lot. And that's what I'm saying, like that that right there. And Chris, I'm right. totally not like hating. I'm just saying, like immediately, you're like, oh wait a minute, and that would that would just that would just like be a fire right. on the internet. So that's why I'm just like, you yeah. know what? And then, and then to me, the best kind of reveal you can make is how Sony revealed God of War. That's like the best way of doing it. Oh my god, that was so. Well, good. I don't think a CG way is like you, you can never match anything. In the like orchestra. Um, yeah. The best yeah. way you can reveal a game is with Gooigi. <laughs> um, and then. <laughs> And then, uh, all right, because we got to move on here. Um, closing thought for me too. Uh, Final Fantasy VII looks absurdly good. Like it was the best phenomenal, phenomenal. I cannot, I cannot believe how good that game looks. And it plays very well. Yeah, and it looks like it does. I didn't actually get a chance to play it. Um, so yeah, the uh, just sort of wrapping up E3 there. Um, I wish we could talk more on it, but we gotta, we gotta move on here. Um, are you guys ready to just jump into a quick uh, few news stories here before we close out the show? Awesome. Um, cool. So on the topic of uh, Final Fantasy VII, I just wanted to, and you know, I, this is kind of a weird, controversial thing, I guess. Um, the internet's uh, explosion and sort of uh, backlash to the supposed breast reduction size in Tifa from uh, Final Fantasy VII. Um, what a fucking shit show this is, because it's just like, people are overlooking the fact that this game looks phenomenally good. Like, I cannot <laughs> believe how good it looks. And oh, I'm not gonna play it because her boot, like her boobs, are part of her character, dude. Who gives a shit what her boobs look like? And um, Gamespot uh, put out this article. Uh, Callie Pluggy wrote this article about um, uh, bra sizes, which I feel like is something that a lot of men aren't familiar with. Like they don't actually know. That how was a good article. Yeah, Callie's and then great. also we need more art. We need more. I writers think so. Yeah, her. and also uh, IGN, uh, I, I believe uh, Casey DeFried has put out a similar article, just sort of explaining that. No, they're not. They're not actually like reducing her size. Maybe she's wearing a sports bra. I don't know. But like, just take it easy on this. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to. <laughs> I like hearing all these all these female journalists stand up and say, "You guys are all being stupid. Shut up." Because like, yeah. like more power to them. Like, yeah, I'm right. I'm proud of them. Um, Chris uh, Penwell, what were your thoughts on this? I'm sure you think this is ridiculous. It's it's completely ridiculous. I I hate how the game gamers the community just like get on certain things like they have such stupid comments about games um and they just make this a big deal um yeah it's just it's just stupid overall (laughs) Um, and i wish people would understand you know tifa's goddamn beautiful in the game come on and even if she and even if she wasn't beautiful like the game looks fucking amazing like seriously it looks phenomenal oh my god they are right and like 
and then and and Souza, let me get your take on this. What what do you make of like everybody giving these journalists a hard time for writing articles about bra sizes and sort of maybe approaching things from more of an educational point of view? Yeah, and I've even seen some people from the industry kind of kind of uh, making fun oh. of the article, and I actually think it's it's ridiculous that they would even think it's like that's that's important to talk about these things because people genuinely think that her breasts are small. And, like, I showed my wife, well, soon-to-be wife, and I was just like, they think that this woman is small. And, like, that woman, like, must be wearing a sports bra or has, like, large breasts either way. So it's a whole community that's kind of really complaining about something they actually clearly have nothing, uh, no knowledge about. Exactly. And that's why those articles are so important. Because if if they were right, I guess, then maybe that would be a different story. I mean, it's still kind of ridiculous, but... Uh, you could maybe approach it differently. It's one of those, like, the article's point is saying, here's why you guys are wrong, let me explain. And then instead of reading it, they're just like, no, yeah. you're wrong. They just want her to have, like, it's double like... Ds and not wear a bra and fight. And it's like, well, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why, <laughs> why would you think this is a good idea? <laughs> the, also, Tifa comes from, like, that, that game comes from a different era, you know? Like, where we had Tomb Raider with the, with the big boobies, right, yeah. and, you know? <laughs> and, like, that being over-sexualized and stuff like that, so... We we live in a different time now, and it's 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 good to see like these respectful kind of like costumes. Yeah, sure. and I hope they don't. Outfit design I hope like Square doesn't go back and like make them appear bigger or anything. Like, I, oh I, yeah, that'd be so dumb. I think their stance on so it dumb. is awesome, and they need to keep doing what they're doing. The best part about it yeah. is that all this outrage is actually just doing the game favors because it's giving it a bunch of PR. Everyone's making yep. articles about it. Everyone's like, it's in the. I would say it's still. It might be the most talked about game from E3 over Cyberpunk, and mostly just because of the size of someone's breasts. And it's it's a ridiculous uh, thing to argue. About. And it's also it's also good PR because like Square is handling yeah. correct. Like, hey, we had like an ethics department that said, you know, yeah. let's make this realistic rather than fan servicey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So that'll is be bad PR. Good PR, by the way. Um, <laughs> that's a good point, Souza. What do you make of that? So, would you say, Benoit? Is bad PR good PR? Yeah, uh, honestly, like uh, I tell my clients all the time, like I would rather. Uh, I'm happy if someone like PlayStation Lifestyle, IGN, if you if you cover our game, if you review it and give it a poor score, it's actually good. And <laughs> I know that sounds weird. <laughs> Obviously, we want good reviews, uh, but even markets uh, marketplace sales have actually shown like, hey, like as long as your game's, game is getting reviewed, it's going to sell better. Even if they're giving it a four, people are going to learn about the game, maybe see it in a flash sale, and be like, oh, I remember this game. Like so and so covered it. Right. Uh, obviously, you want you want tens. <laughs> But getting, you know, a 6 is sometimes just as good as getting a 10 when it comes to a sales perspective. Obviously, uh, like, you know, some people are going to be turned away. But as long as you're kind of getting that coverage, there really is... I really feel like it's it's hard to say this is bad PR unless, like, you know, it's a scandal or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, let's move on here. I uh, just wanted to quickly touch on the supposed Nintendo Switch Mini that was leaked. Um, there was... So there was a company that makes... Um, sort of peripherals and it's like a third party company um let me get the name eh, i don't know if i have the name here anyway it's it's just it's one of those companies that just makes third party accessories and it, there was a mock up of what this supposed switch looks like and it looks exactly like you would expect it to look like just a sort of slim down version with non removable joycon um and it is just a mock up from nintendo life though it's just them saying. Well, yeah, that's what we have in in our in, in our show notes here. Um, oh, the the Chinese accessory maker Hansan. That's what it is. Yeah. So it, 
I think it's totally within the realm of possibility that there's a new smaller switch coming out. But I think what that was there is just this company, Hansan, saying, hey, we're going to be making an accessory for this, whatever it looks like for the purposes of just like the page and for the purposes of getting everything ready. This is like a placeholder image that was just sort of a mock-up. And I don't think that's indicative of what the actual product will look like in the end. Right. Kind of like a skeleton uh, article for news. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Chris Penwell, what do you, what do you think of this? Do you think that's a good point or do you actually think that there's some validity to what that image looks like? Um, ever since the Grinch leak, I'm not accepting anything as real. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Why? The, the, what Grin- link? the Grinch the what leak? leak from Smash that Grinch was going to be in Slash. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But what do you think? <laughs> what do you think, Chris? Do you think we'll see a, a smaller Switch? I think it's inevitable, right? Like I, I think so. There's so many outlets reporting it. Wall Street Journal reported on it. I believe oh, yeah, it's that's Wall right. Street Journal. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think we're going to get it very soon. And I'm probably going to get one. Um, it's like when I played, I've been playing with the Switch recently. And I've been playing it possibly mostly, so I think this would be my way to go. Yeah. Um, and Souza, I just wanted to get your take on this as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think they're already kind of making this this more portable Go version, and I believe that they're probably going to be making an XL version, whatever you want to call it, for like next year. But I think this is going to be... Uh, I actually think it's going to be launched alongside Pokemon. That's, that's my, my hot take. Oh man, that is smart. Like maybe like 150, you know, like something that's like really portable, small, no dock... Uh, it's like 150 bucks, and it's uh, you know comes with Pokemon for an extra 50 or something. We'll see. Oh yeah, they could bundle it, make it like it's 10 bucks yeah. cheaper than the game would normally be. So, yeah. But Ooh, what do brilliant. you think though? Do you think the system itself will be less power powerful and not be able to connect to a dock? I do. Yeah, I think this is the the casual. Uh, this is for the casual market, and also for people like like us who just want to. Uh, Purely portable. Well, I'm going on a business trip, so I'm going to bring this with me instead of my bigger Switch, you know? If they made it easier to float your account back and forth, I would oh, definitely yeah. buy one big day one. I don't know how one. that's going to work. That's a good point. My other thing, too, is, like, how will games work? Like, The Witcher, for example. Like, will it be able to run on this machine? Like, wh- I think it's going to be the same. It's going yeah, to be the same. Souza said he thinks it might, it, be, yeah. it might be less powerful. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess specs-wise... I don't know. They have to find ways to cut back on, on the cost, of course. Because like, if they're going to sell think... this for, if they sell for two hundred bucks, I don't really think it's worth it. Because that's pretty much the well, the price do- the dock's worth eighty bucks, right? Yeah, the, the dock uh, itself the is eighty dollars. Like, pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. Then the Joy Cons yeah. aren't separate anymore, and you have like the one Ramble and so. Like, yeah, the they two. might not have. Yeah, gyro. If it's one hundred fifty dollars, yeah, they might not have that. Yeah. So I guess not yeah. specs wise, but they'll, they'll probably cut back on maybe like the brightness of the screen, maybe a different kind of screen. I don't know. And then things like you know, like you said non-retractable Joy-Con, no rumble, no gyro. I think you do right. need gyro, though. And you could take away the touchscreen, even. Not every single game needs... Uh, like, right there, that would probably save you at least, like, 40 bucks. Right? I don't even like using my touchscreen. I feel like I'm, like, committing a crime when I touch <laughs> it with my oil Well, mix. that's true, but there are games that require it, though. I don't know how many. I just... See, my I point... Oh, no, I agree. I just... Know? I don't like, like even touching yeah. it. you can play with a controller. Um, um, th- there like, was... Uh, God, what's the, it's by Drinkbox. What the hell's the name of that? Oh, Vita okay. Sword uh, Game. What the hell's the name Severed. of that game? Severed. 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 So I don't know. That was just one that came to mind. I don't know. I think that's the only one that I can think of. Um, yeah. So I, like, and if you can't play, I mean, I don't think the casual market really is dying to play Severed anyway. You know, and you can play it in your phone. It, ma- it makes it makes sense though. I really like what Susan said. Like, I mean, they're phasing out the 3DS slowly. Mm-hmm. Pokemon's right. coming out. 
you know, it, it makes perfect yeah. sense. So yeah. um, let's just finish up the news here. I just had this uh, quick story from, uh, well, so I've got the article from Games Radar here, but there was an interview done um, from the Video Games uh, Chronicle with the boss of Platinum Games. Um, and his name, uh, Atushi Inaba, um, and he basically was saying that he's not excited for next generation systems. So I just wanted to pull this quote here and see what you guys made of this. Um, it's uh, it reads um, quote It's okay, but it's more of the same. Quite frankly, compared to previous generations, it's nothing that's disruptive or super innovative, if you ask me. Um, and then there was another quote uh, that said something to the effect of that it's hard to get excited. Um, let's see, uh, quote, things like cloud platforms represent innovation and something very, very different. They're platforms that excite me and where I feel there is a lot more innovation happening. Um, so I guess he's seen specs for Scarlet and PS5 or whatever they're going to actually end up being called and that he's not blown away by it. Um, what do you make of this? I mean, to an extent, I feel like he makes a good point, right? I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's it's more powerful versions. Like, the only difference is hardware. Yeah. And he's making games for the Switch. So, I mean, I think for him, it's just more like, more power isn't exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. So, I think it depends on what you want out of games. Uh, you could be more excited by, like, a Wii U or a 3DS or a Switch. Or you could be more excited about a souped-up gaming PC or an Xbox One X, mm-hmm. you know? I think it's just kind of like, what do you want in games? Yeah. Yeah. What, what about you, Chris? What do you think, Penmo? Well, kind of like... When Xbox showed their next console, uh, Halo Infinite wasn't too exciting from what we saw of it, and they didn't really describe what, what's included. Like, is better, there's better load times probably, but like, what else is there? Next generation, like, is streaming going to be a big thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so well, to be fair, that we do have some time till yeah, exactly it comes out. Um, yeah. But I think the Platinum Games CEO, like it, they're working on two Nintendo games, right? So I think he's like more on the side of Nintendo than Sony or Microsoft. I was just going to say, which arguably maybe they have a little bit more room for experimentation than yeah. the other platforms. Maybe I don't know. I think that's yeah. Fair. And they kind of got burned by Scalebound, so <laughs> when they're trying to make like a uh, prestige uh, first party. St- game right with uh xbox so yeah yeah what about you suza what do you think i'm kind of the same mindset honestly i i feel uh specs are not something that interests me really like i'm excited for next gen because of the software not the hardware and i think it's to me streaming services are more exciting than the idea of scarlet coming out soon but i am more (laughs) excited to play games on scarlet than i am to stream them it's like I get what he's coming from. Innovation is exciting, and uh, I do think that you know the new consoles, of course, are going to be beautiful. They're going to be you know 8K, whatever. Uh, the specs are, are going to be cool to see in action, but like actually hearing about them, I don't get excited. But whenever I hear news about uh, Google Stadia or something, I genuinely am excited because I'm like, oh, like this could be like the future. You know, they could really innovate. Different way to play, um, yeah. Especially with him being with Nintendo, who are the kings of just doing weird shit and like making like weird business moves. You know. Uh, I think he's probably a good fit for that company as well. Yeah, good point. Um, cool. All right, so uh, I, I know there was probably a lot more news, but I just wanted to touch on those uh, stories there, and then we'll go back to our regular flow of news on next week's show. This is just, you know, a meaty episode, so thank you, everybody, for your patience with that. Um, all right, so uh, let's close out the show with what we've been playing. Um, a lot of our uh, games are sort of overlapping, so we'll sort of talk about those uh, together. 
Um, and let's throw it over to Souza first because you're playing a game that is so important to me and that I am just it's the best game over the, year. the moon. I mean, over for this game so uh tell us about what you've been playing uh Susan. yeah so yeah my name is pedro game of the year you know <laughs> no, i'm just kidding uh obviously resident <laughs> evil 2 uh is uh very special to me as well as a, a big horror game fan and i was a little bit worried to see how they would do this but this is legitimately possibly my favorite game in the series uh and i've been actually speedrunning it i got my time down now for claire for it's like an hour four minutes and 36 seconds holy yeah, shit that's awesome oh. uh, and I just got anxiety here. And when, I can't imagine doing that. So, so God, again, this is another episode for another time. But uh, quickly, um, what what difficulty do you play on? Like, what are like? Do you use glitches? Do you? Is it like? Tell me a little bit about that. There's no glitches for. Uh, well, some some speed runs for certain games are allowed glitches, but like basically the community comes together and says like this is these are the rules for this game. Okay. Uh, so the standard most people play on on standard difficulty. Uh, there is like a small hardcore community, but if you look online on like the leaderboards, it's it's very very little. Right. Um, but most people do either Leon A or Claire A uh, on normal, uh, and then obviously you can't use any like the cool weapons that you unlock for like beating the game. So you yeah. just have to use everything straight. So like with Claire, I don't even use, I don't grab a single weapon until um, I'm actually like in the lab. I just oh, kind of wow. run by everything. Well, actually, I do grab the spark shot. The the lab. That's the like series. the one of the last areas of the game. Yeah. So basically, if you don't grab the grenade launcher in the police station, it just kind of pops up somewhere in the lab. I won't say where. It's just in case okay. you can try it. But yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. Uh, man, that sounds absolutely fascinating. I had to watch some videos of speedruns while I was um, working on the Platinum for that game, which I did get, by the way. Uh, oh, nice. I'm very proud of that. Uh, and man, seeing some of pe- like just the skill people have is incredible. It's so much uh, fun. You should uh, tune in one day. I do uh, Whiskey Wednesday. It's when I, I drink whiskey and I stream my speedruns for Resident Evil 2 on Wednesdays. Oh my god, that sounds, sounds like the best amazing. Time ever. Yeah, absolutely. The whiskey doesn't um, help. Cool. Uh, I need to do Whiskey Wednesday. <laughs> so... It- <laughs> Jesus. So um, it looks like three of the four of us are playing Cadence of Hyrule. So let's talk about that. Um, yeah, I uh, played about maybe two or three hours of it last night. It's not an incredibly long game. Uh, one thing I want to say is people aren't giving this game enough credit that it's like it feels like a Zelda game. Like I know it's 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 for those who don't know, it's like sort of um, uh, what, what, do you, what would you say, like a sequel, I guess, or a spinoff of um, Crypt of the Necrodancer, which is a music game, a rhythm game. But Man, it's like it feels like a Zelda game. Like if you, if I wouldn't have known that it was Crypt of the Necrodancer or whatever, like I would just think I'm playing just like weird, quirky, sort of maybe rhythm focused uh, Zelda game. Oh, you know? sure. Yeah, and they made some smart design choices too. For example, um, your your world, like the world itself, that doesn't change when you die. That just is decided when you start a new game. That's the world, so it makes exploration more rewarding. You know, that's that's a cool. Uh, change for Cadence of yeah. uh, Hyrule uh, versus uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer. So that's, yeah, they did that's a really, really good cool. job with I just it. wanted to say that really quick. Uh, like right. I, yeah. I, I'll buy anything with Zelda on it. Like if they made like a Zelda badminton, I would still pay $60 <laughs> for it, honestly. Link's but crossbow training. I actually, that game's all right. All right, give, us a, give it a chance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but I was afraid that it was going to be like Hyrule Warriors where it's like, oh, this is clearly a Musu game. This is not a Zelda game. But this is yeah. legitimately mm-hmm. a Zelda game with right. rhythm. I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, this is like the other side of a Zelda spinoff. Like, no, this is how you yeah. do it right. And there's this setting on uh, in there. I forget what it's called, but it uh, it makes it – I think it makes it easier. It has something to do with, like, the, the rhythm in that it unifies it all as opposed to making all the enemies have 
uh, attack you at different rhythms. I think that's what it is. I think you so, don't have to like go to the rhythm, right? You can just move wherever you want, whenever you want. It's yeah, like whenever exactly. You move I think it makes it harder. I oh, tried that. Wow. So I I started with that right away, and I was enjoying myself with it because I've heard other people say that. So yeah, really fascinating game. Um, uh, Josh, have you finished it? No, no, I've just played a couple okay. hours of it. I got it like I like ran home and downloaded it the day it came out and. Mm-hmm. Um, I played it like a couple yeah. hours total, but it's it's I cannot recommend it enough. And the price, man, it's twenty five bucks. Like Such everyone, good, yeah. go buy it now. And surprisingly good in co op as well, which I didn't even know it had. Oh, I, I forgot it. it. Yeah, uh, how to mm-hmm. tell us about the co op yeah. really quickly. So yeah, you basically play as like Link and Zelda together. So me and my fiance, uh, it makes some things harder actually because like you kind of get into each other and run in and like block uh, each other. Yeah, you can't occupy yeah. the same space. Uh, and then some of the puzzles that are like kind of so time based, like more. you can only do one at a time. So it, it makes it a little bit challenging. But hmm. also, like, it makes it much easier for combat because if she dies, I just need to go back to Ashika Slate to get her back. Oh, or Ashika yeah. Slate, sorry. Interesting. But yeah, it's really good. So, so, yeah, we'll have more to report back on next week, I think, once we all put a little bit more time into it. I should be finished with it by next week and we can talk about it. Um, cool. Uh, and I also wanted, uh, let's see, who is playing Bloodstain? Oh, Chris, you're playing Bloodstain. Uh, Chris, can you tell talk to us a little bit about Bloodstain? Because that's one that I'm so excited for. I'm waiting for the Switch version on Tuesday. Yeah, so we received a review code from 505 Games, which is really cool. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Bloodstained is fantastic. <laughs> like, uh, I've never played the Castlevania uh, Symphony of the Night game. What? Uh, I played uh. the original, though. Oh, that's going to be really fun. We're doing a review episode, just so our listeners know. <laughs> that's going to make that really fun, because I've played a shitload of uh, Symphony of the Night. Yeah. And so it's going to be fun, you and I discussing, but man, I'm excited. I'm even more excited for that episode now. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to get that dichotomy. Um, but yeah. yeah, like, it, it, it's super fun. You get different weapons that you could use. Um, the story is intriguing. Um, I love the art style, the gothic art style to it, and the red moon. It's, it's definitely got, like, a awesome design uh, behind the game. Uh, Does this make you want to check out Symphony of the Night? I'm just I'm excited to uh, play that. Kind of, point. yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, I, I just I, I like the RPG elements of it. I haven't really played a game like this before, you know, like where it's a platformer but it's an RPG at the same time. Oh so man, it's man. quite. You gotta play to the. Play. You gotta play the Castlevania yeah. DS games and yeah. Game Boy game. Man, there there was a time when those <laughs> maybe would, that'll make another collection. Yeah, th- yeah, there was a time when those would come out like almost annually, and they were so all of them are so 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 good. The easiest way for you to check out Symphony uh, 2 would be there's like that yeah. dual release yeah. on um, PS4. PS4, Rondo. it's got Rondo of Blood and that, and it's like mm-hmm. 20 bucks. Cool, yeah. And, and the in- the interesting thing about this game, actually, as well, is that you get powers from the defeated em- enemies you take out. Oh, um, neat. So, okay. like, and the it came up with this interesting idea where if you take on too many powers, too many souls, you're, you're se- you yourself, uh, you're going to be corrupted. Oh. <laughs> your soul is going to be corrupted Interesting. so you got to be careful with how many you have um, and with, with uh, multiple souls of the same type your power actually uh, gets strengthened mm-hmm. um, so it's, it's mm. really cool mechanics in this game and I can't wait to dive more into it um, it's probably going to take a while actually yeah. um, but get, we'll yeah. get there eventually yeah, and just to uh, close that out um, just for people who don't or, or who aren't aware uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is sort of like a spiritual successor to Symphony of the Night um, in that I think it had the original creator or yeah, it's yeah, from Iragashi. Worked yeah. on, on this, and this was kickstarted, and it's been in development for a really long time. 
Shout out to the trailer too. The most recent trailer that came out right before it released was the best because he's sitting there with like a glass of like wine and it 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 cuts to like people on the Kickstarter campaign complaining about the graphics and stuff and then he's just like we changed that. And then it cuts to like the oh, current man. graphics and it's just so it's so like hey yeah, fuck so, you like, the game's the awesome now, you know. A great job with that. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, great. And then I know uh, Chris and Josh, you guys have been playing uh, Crash Team Racing. Um, that's a big, you know, that's yeah. one of the big uh, releases of last week. Or, well, let's see, by the time you hear it, yeah. By, by the time you hear this episode last week. Um, so, yeah, what uh, what do you guys make of that? I know maybe Chris... Dude, I pre-ordered this like eight months ago, and I bought the $70 version, and it's fucking amazing. This is how you do a kart racer. What I like about this is that it's able... I, I think this game is at least... Even if... I would say it's at least almost as good, if not as good, as Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Oh. And I like that a lot because that's how Crash Team Racing was in Mario Kart 64. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was neck and neck with, with Mario... Like, you know, you could say it's a little bit worse, a little bit better. I, we could debate that, but I'm saying it could compete with Mario. And that's what this yeah. does. Um, and Chris, I, I saw you tweeted out that maybe you weren't as hot on it. Um... What was tell? Yeah. What what was that about? Tell me how you feel about it. So so we got a code from Activision, which, um, which is fucking for, incredible, for well. incredible. Like holy, I can't believe holy I can't believe we're getting shit. codes for these games. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> uh, but <laughs> oh man, thank yeah. you, Activision. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's been it's just it's it's a pretty good game. Like it's it's stunning. I love how they changed the tracks to make it more modern. They like I watched a bit of an E three preview or an interview. And they've actually changed parts of the track where they've like they've added a dragon from uh, one of the Crash PS2 games into there. Oh, that's and, funny. Oh. <laughs> um, they've they've made they've they've made it like they've put in all sorts of different Crash references in the game. So that's great. Um, for me though, like as someone who hasn't played Crash Team Racing in the past, so I haven't got those nostalgia goggles. Um, it just um, the the weapons don't aren't that interesting to use, and I don't think the cast of characters um, are as engaging as the ones from Mario Kart and Team Sonic Racing. Uh, Did you so... play the Crash games though? Because no, I didn't. That's the thing, right? Okay, I mean, I'm just throwing that out there because I've played like all the Crash games, like, and I replay them every year. Right, so you get so... more of a uh, more of a kick out of it than me. Yeah, like right, you know. Like with but, Sonic, he got big oh the cat. Here's the thing, it does better than those <laughs> two games, I think, though, is that it's going to keep current with uh, more costumes and more state, and more tracks and more updates and things like that. It's going to be updated throughout the year, I think. So um, I think this has Yeah, a they're doing feature. seasons, and they yeah. say they're inspired by the Battle Royale games with, like, you know, keeping people playing for free by just being able to, like, you know, compete and do stuff and earn stuff. And Chris and I are excited because one of the characters that they're doing for one of those is Spyro. Right, that's awesome. Which is awesome. Um, cool. So um, we got to cut things short. I'm sorry, guys. I know you had other games you wanted to talk about, but I gotta. I have to head to work here soon, so we got we to gotta start wrapping it. Um, so we'll talk more on um, Crash Team Racing next week. Uh, we'll have some coverage uh, of Bloodstain because I will have had my copy then. Um, 
we'll have review episodes of Crash and Bloodstained as well since we got awesome. yeah, and then any uh, any other closing thoughts on Plague Tale that I know you guys were working on as well um, so yeah that's been uh, episode 26 uh, thank you everybody for listening um, I know this was a jam-packed episode and for new listeners um, normally this isn't exactly what our episodes are like we, we normally do news and what we've been playing but um, obviously uh, Chris Souza was nice enough to come on the show and talk about some PR stuff um, which was really cool um, so yeah, uh, let's just go around and uh, plug our stuff if we have anything, and then we'll say goodbye for the day. Uh, Josh, where can people find you on the internet when you're not on Active Quest? Oh, uh, Twitter at Mr. Josh Nichols, uh, Twitch JerkJerk77. Um, I'll probably be, uh, I can't talk. I'll probably be streaming some Trevor Saves the Universe this week. It's it's fun, and uh, I'll be streaming cool. that probably. Um, what about you, uh, Chris Penwell? <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Penwell Writes. Um, I might be Twitch streaming soon um, for Extra Life, uh, so you can follow me there on Down Up Destiny. And uh, I am doing uh, interview series uh, with game characters, so it's going to be like a, in a funny kind of tone, uh, making fun of the games, but like <laughs> in, in a loving way <laughs> and this is going to so be like voice acted. Be funny to do. voice acted and everything yes yeah. oh. yes i'm finding voice actors right now in casting cool club that's uh, awesome. so it's really cool that's to, to do um yeah yeah it, it, like i'm pretty happy with the script so far like the first one's going to be sora of course because i'm a king house fan yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but i'm also thinking of doing like kratos and nathan drake and it, it should be fun cool so yeah, um, making fun of Nathan Drake being a murderer. So. Oh, holy! <laughs> oh, well, he, he is kind of a murderer. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, that's a few ideas in the in the tank. So awesome. Yeah, look out for that. Uh, and Chris Souza, thank you again for coming on the show. Where can people find you when you're not guesting on our show? Uh, anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah. Take it away. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore J underscore Souza. Uh, as well, every Wednesday I stream Resident Evil now and drink whiskey, so that's at twitch.tv slash Wizdorf. It's my smash <laughs> tag. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, I just want to say that uh, thank you so much, guys. This was awesome. Uh, it's a pleasure kind of talking thank to you. you about not only what I do, but just kind of games in general. So I'd love to come back one day if you're ever looking for anyone. And thanks for your time. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun, absolutely. Um, and uh, as for me, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Joseph Yaden. Um, and then, of course, uh, at PlayStation Lifestyle covering news. Uh, I don't know if I have anything in the works right now that I can talk about. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there'll be news to cover next week, right? So just look out for that. So thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been episode 26, and goodbye. <laughs>